This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 29th, episode 2466, brought to you by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, I'm only half a cup of coffee in, Glenn, because I'm having to get up at dang 5.30 in the morning to go out and ride these horses, so I don't even have time to make coffee. I just basically drink some orange juice and run down to the barn, and then I sprinted up here. I was five minutes late for a meeting, and uh, now I have coffee, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, Does it get hot in Oklahoma, by the way? It does. It gets (laughs) hot in the summer in Oklahoma. It's weird. Um, Now... I keep seeing my Facebook memories from years past living in Phoenix and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. This time of the year sucks in Phoenix. Um, like yeah, remember when it was 120 every day. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So this is not that bad, but it definitely starts to, you know, what's nice about here is you get a break. Like in Phoenix, it would be, it just ramps up. It just doesn't, and it doesn't come down until like October, you know? So every day is 120. There's no like, oh, here we go. We're going to have a 75 degree day here. You kind of get a mix here. Um, and also there's clouds, which is really cool. Like I forgot what those white puffy things in the sky were. And they're really, <laughs> they provide a lot of relief. I'm not going to lie. It's like being in the shade. Amazing. Yeah. It's been 98 every day here. And of course the humidity is a thousand percent. So <laughs> it feels like it's 120 out. You, you walk outside first thing in the morning and the air is so moist and heavy. It's one of the, it's like you can't breathe. You know, you walk You're outside drowning. and go, Oh, it's awful. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's that time of year. I mean, then, then we'll be complaining in the cold. Well, you won't, but we will I be. won't. I'll be happy <laughs> as hell. What's coming up on today's show? All right. Today on this Kevin Equine episode, Joanne Ernsberger explains progressive, bleh, progressive experiential learning. Say that five times fast. That's why we I gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The Western Dressage Association, as they make Dressage Radio Show Western episode, hosted by Stacey Westfall, the official podcast for Western Dressage. Dude. Y'all also submitted some equestrian first world problems, and so you're going to have to check that out. Plus, I got a new horse I'll tell you all about. So, there you go. So, I wanted to mention, speaking speaking of Stacey Westfall, she is now hosting the Western episode. So, what happens over in the Dressage Show is a recent Philip do three episodes a month, three weekly episodes about English dressage, and then Stacy Westfall jumps in, only like getting the best of the best here, uh, jumps in to do Western dressage episode every month. And uh, that because she's doing that, she will not be doing her episode here anymore on Horses in the Morning. 
She was usually the first Tuesday of every month. Stacy would jump in, but she was getting too much between her podcast and all of these. So she will be continuing over on the Dressage Show, not on our show, and we're we're looking for a new episode to put into that spot. So I wanted to mention that. Also, remember on Friday we talked about uh, the, the terrible story of uh, Charlotte Berdahl, who very mm. quickly discovered that she had a mass in her brain uh, after having some leg issues, actually. Uh, well, she had surgery uh, over the weekend, and this is the report. The doctors feel that Charlotte got through the surgery in good shape. She is awake and groggy, but speaking well. The surgeon was very positive about the surgery and thinks they were able to get everything. Uh, Charlotte was relieved at the news. I guess she was, and is resting comfortably. She's already in physical therapy, so she, they already started her on physical therapy, so she's doing pretty well. So good news uh, for Charlotte, and let's hope it stays that way. So I, I thought everybody would want to get that report. Anytime yeah. there's good news when you have brain surgery, <laughs> it, uh, you it just happens. So, like she just it. was experiencing some numbness, I think, in one of her legs. legs. I mean, that is like the truest form of listen to your body. You know, it's it always is. telling you something. It is, but it did get bad. It got to the point where she couldn't walk. So, yeah. but it happened very quickly. It was like within weeks. It wasn't like she, this has been going on for years. So good, good for Charlotte, and we hope that she gets out of the hospital soon. Now it's daily Winnie time. Well, my daily Winnie, I have no birthdays. There were no birthdays. I double checked, triple checked. So if I missed your birthday, meh, I couldn't find it. Uh, so. <laughs> Happy birthday to you <laughs> if you're listening and it's your birthday. But Go. we have a whole bunch of new auditors, and it's the end of the month. That's when the uh, that's when the donations come out of auditors' accounts uh, once a month on the first. So I wanted to welcome a whole bunch of new auditors whose donation will be coming out for the first time. Eileen Miller, Connie Heidelberger, Melissa Sa- Sandness. Uh, Lindsay Ardmore, Reese Brewer, S.M. Reeves, and Rachel Hahn. whole bunch of them last week. Welcome to all of you. If you are not part of the Auditor Room yet on Facebook, search for HRN Auditors and ask to join. I know a couple of you did, but there's some names there I haven't seen yet. So search for HRN Auditors on Facebook and ask to join the room. You're going to want to be in there. That's part of the fun of being an auditor. And thank you for your support. That means Jamie gets a raise again this month. Yay! <laughs> My horses appreciate it. <laughs> well, I wanted to piggyback a daily winnie. You guys know that I train horses for a rescue here in uh, Oklahoma called Horse and Hound Rescue Foundation. And they usually have, um, adopt out maybe 30, on a good year, 30 horses a year. As of June 25th, they just adopted out their 50th horse of the year. Oh, my gosh. Almost double. I mean, that it, in the first six months. Almost double in the first six months of the year. So this is really great news for the rescue. And I guess lots of people are getting pandemic ponies. And maybe, you know, I remember when I talked to New Vocations on the Retired Racehorse radio show. And I... They had, they had crazy record month in April as well. And I said, what do you think it is? She said, I think people are sitting in front of their computer more because they, they're, they're working from home or they're not leaving. Or they're and so, not working. <laughs> or they, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're horse shopping online. So I think the fact that we posted a lot on social media and we do lots of, uh, 
you know, like I do a lot of the training videos. I've got one coming out today for my new little guy who came in yesterday. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Who knows? I know. Uh, I, I will say this. At the beginning of this, I made a lot of predictions. And you and I talked about how we were expecting the adoption agency to just be full, that this was going to be a nightmare because uh, yeah. of the economy, because that's what's happened in the past. We've yeah. never had a bad economy at, and have had more adoptions than that's never happened before. No. So, no. yeah, no, and mean, dogs it's, too. It's hard to even get a greyhound now. I was looking around the other day, they just aren't available. <laughs> it's well, crazy. you, you should have jumped on that grenade when it was in your backyard. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. your fault. <laughs> Yeah, jumping on grenades is not something I try and do. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a fun way to say you should have adopted yeah, a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also that your wife would kill you. Yes, so, exactly. Um, now, I did get a new horse in yesterday. I have to tell you guys about this one. His name is, are you ready? Write this down. Okay. It's, it's a gelding. He's about 15-1. And his name is Tommy Sue's Candy. What? I don't know. How am I supposed to say that? <laughs> you got to call him Sue? That's embarrassing in the barn. Zeus will kick the crap out of him. Oh, my God. I should call him Sue. A boy named Sue. That's adorable. <laughs> You're way better than me. And you didn't even mean it. No, I'm no so... because Zeus will kick the crap out of him. Yeah, it's true. He did... Zeus has no access to these training horses. <laughs> we keep him far away. Good thing. <laughs> but it's it's T-O-M-E-Y. And I... So the lady of the rescue was like, oh, we just call him Tommy. And I was like, Isn't nope. Tommy? It's T-O-M-E-Y, but she said they just call him Tommy. It looks like Tommy Sue's candy. And I said, nope, I cannot call him Tommy because that is the name of an ex-boyfriend. Oh, I and remember that now. <laughs> you cannot. Let me tell you, forever, a name is ruined once you've dated a guy and broke up with him. You can never have a pet named like nobody that used no, to date you, you has a dog no. named Glenn. No, <laughs> <laughs> nobody has a dog named Glenn. Let's just put that out there. But. Uh, so anyway, Tommy, or I'll just call him Sue. Let's call him Sue. I really like that. Actually, here's Sue. That's one that your husband Sue. actually might remember. <laughs> I know. I know. He. I, I can't. Maybe when you I check with to... him and make sure he didn't have an ex named Sue. Oh, that's a really good point. Hey, babe, <laughs> did you ever date somebody named Sue? No, he did not. Oh, so good. good. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> he actually funny. said I dated a boy named Sue. Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So what name is Sue? So anyway, uh, Sue came. It's an interesting story, and I guess it's good and it's bad. He was actually adopted out and just returned this week. And you think, oh, well, here we go. All the rescue, all the people that have adopted horses out uh, during the pandemic are going to return them. You know, actually, he was adopted out three years ago. Oh, well. Three years ago. And you never know what changes with their, you know, situation but he's actually a lovely little horse. Uh, I guess they said that he bucked, which is, I don't know if he bucked once or whatever. So they sent him to me like, hey, sort him out, figure it out. Um, and aside from that, they said, you know, just give him some manners because he has no, he's basically a five-year-old. They, th these people adopted him when he was two and they rode him, but they never gave him any manners. So he's kind of just like all over you. So I'm excited to see what I can do with him. I think he's going to stay a week. Uh, so I'm excited to see what I can do with him. And and next, we're having two big geldings that just came off the track are coming to me. So we're going to have a lot of fun, lots of stuff. If you want to follow it all, you can go to uh, Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings, 
certified Monty Roberts instructor Facebook page and see all of that. If you're bored and you have nothing, <laughs> if you're bored and you really want to watch me just long lining horses and kind of trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. But you've done a good job with those and, and uh, most of yours have gotten adopted out. So, so matter of fact, I think probably almost all of them. So that's terrific. You can feel good that you're putting horses in the world. Yay. Hopefully to happy homes. Well, you know what we we can't feel good about is some of the news today, but I have to talk about it. The European Union, I don't know if you saw this, but the European Union is set to ban most American travelers from entering the European Union as of July 1st. Uh, We're among several countries that are having little problems uh, with the recurrence of the pandemic. Uh, Mostly thanks to Florida, by the way. Florida and now Arizona. Texas and Arizona. Their hospitals are full in Arizona. Okay, question. So we are banned from entering any European country? That's what it'll be as of July the 1st. For how long? Uh, indefinitely until we get our act together. Uh, Can Europeans visit us? No, because then when they go back, they're not allowed. So it was the same problem we had in reverse. We banned people from Europe at the beginning of this. People forget that, but we banned people from Europe at the beginning of this when they were getting it all. And then, so if you flew to Europe, you weren't allowed to come back. So, uh, so yeah, it's what that means for the horse world is professionals won't be traveling to shop for horses. Riders won't be able to compete and train in Europe in the year before the Olympics. Right, which is always important that our professional riders head over there in, in a lot of disciplines, especially show jumping and dressage. Also, it means Europeans can't visit here because of not being able to go back. Plus, we'll see more world championships canceled each year. The FEI just had a meeting, online meeting for two days, and get this. Thus far in 2020, 500 eventing competitions have been canceled. This is worldwide. 470 of them directly attributed to COVID. A grand total of 3,352 FEI competitions have been canceled, and that amounts to approximately 50% of competitions canceled for the year. And we're only in June. They said, of course, there'll be more expected. A A lot of the world championships have been canceled because people can't travel from one country to another too well, even in Europe. So, uh, it's, you know, it's a, just crazy it's just a crazy year but but yeah this has ramifications for the horse world definitely now i guess you you could still horse shop some of the professionals again a lot of them horse shop overseas they'll watch videos and they could still have the horse shipped over but uh you know wow i mean it does it does thanks florida texas and arizona that sucks see i've been trying to plan an intro course here but i wanted denise uh an instructor to she's German. I wanted her to come and help me teach this first clinic so I could get my feet wet with some help. And we've had to like postpone it six times. And yesterday I talked to her. She's like, no, cannot come. Yep. I cannot come. I was like, what? Now you're telling me why. So. Yeah, that's why she, she's worried about not being able to go home. <laughs> uh, you know, I told her she could live here and that I have a room. Helena's been trying to, up in Rhode Island's been trying to get some clinics together. It's just proved impossible. You know, it's just, there's so many obstacles right now yeah. that it's just hard to do. It, you, people can't travel from here to there. Like, you can't go from Florida to New York, Connecticut, or New Jersey right now without quarantining for 14 days. By the way, that was also the other way at the beginning of this. So it's not like it's the first time that's happened. But 
Uh, Let me tell you that the airlines are back in business. On July 1st, they are starting to open all the planes and sell all the seats. And I couldn't be happier because it is impossible to travel when you get empty seats. (laughs) They're like, no more empty seats. You're like, but there's 20 empty seats. We can't, we can't fill them up. Social distancing. So it was it was a lot of drama to get to and from uh, California. For Does that mean your husband going back to work? He's going to be flying again? Yeah, so he starts back July 1st. There you go. I mean, and again, he he could have still been <coughs> flying because there are still planes in the air. And by the way, there was a lot more people in the airports and stuff. And you are required to wear a mask. And they do have like new HEPA filters and all that. Oh, well, they're enforcing that, aren't they now? I mean, they're, they're being forced to. Oh, yeah, you, it, can't, yeah. you can't get on a plane. <laughs> Well, I got it. Sharon posted this. She's an auditor. She posted this in the auditor room, and I wanted to talk to you about it a little bit to change topics altogether. Uh, so she says, so I'm caught up on Horses in the Morning, and my podcast app randomly starts playing the Horses in the Morning 2019 Halloween episode of All the Ones, complete with scary stories and all. That's a little odd in itself. Yes, that's a little odd in itself. But now there's something chewing inside our walls or something, and that's not happened before. I can stand two feet from the noise and still can't figure out what's going on. Coincidence? I think not. So... Have have you you've lived in a lot of different places and we have too, uh, so let's talk a little bit about the different animals and everybody at home can be thinking about this the different animals you've had in your house have you had any animals in the house weird animals? oh my god it's embarrassing other than bugs you know <laughs> which I mean there was the place that I lived that I would just walk around and suck up spiders in a vacuum <laughs> <laughs> and here we got those big pimento bugs you know the big cockroach looking things they call them pimento bugs to make them sound nicer I think because. Yeah. For some reason in Florida, we don't want to call them cockroaches because that's just gross. But I, but then I, you think about pimento cheese and then you'll never eat I know. <laughs> and it, the, the last one I killed like, two days ago was like two inches long. They're huge. Oh, they're Ugh. so gross. And then they crunch. And, and so, it doesn't matter what kind of house you have and how well sealed it is. They get in somehow. And I don't know how. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Well, this one, I lived in Atlanta uh, and had this house and it was, there was a lot of trees around it and everything. And um, I I heard this noise in the middle of the night, like, dum, 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 like falling down my wall directly across from me. Oh, crap. It sounded like a squirrel was in my wall or something. So I called the pest control and they come on like, there's a squirrel in my walls. I need to figure out how to get it out. So he goes up to the top and he climbs up, you know, in the attic space and he's up there a few minutes and he comes down. He's like, well, what do you want to know? (laughs) I was like, uh, what's in my walls? And he goes, ma'am, I got to tell you, it's like the nature channel up there. (laughs) I was like, excuse me. He's like, you got squirrels. Yeah, you definitely got squirrels. And you got rats. Definitely got rats. And you got bats. <laughs> so you're Did you move me. out the next day? <laughs> I was like, burn, just burn it down. Just burn it down. And then this is the same house my brother currently lives in. And they just had to trap. They had um, a raccoon that had babies. And so the raccoon was like sitting at the front door all the time. Like, hey, what's up? Uh, so they had to trap the raccoon and then fish the babies out. But in the meantime, he had like caught like six cats in the trap. I'm like, this house is the worst. Burn it down. Start over. What's the problem? <laughs> We've had so many different things. that we, When I first met Jennifer, she was living in this very, very, very old and run down 
farmhouse. Beautiful property, 100 acres, but the house was the least appetizing of all the property. And it had no heat upstairs or anything. And we, w- the bedroom we were in was next door to the, what we called the dressing rooms, another bedroom. And the wall, and I know I've told this story before, but for new listeners, the wall would hum occasionally. And we had squirrels in that attic, too. And we knew we had squirrels up there. They, they would get Humming in. is not a good thing. No. And the one day I finally got brave enough to determine what the humming was. So I took a hammer and punched a hole in the plaster and out comes a thousand bees. How did you not know that that was what was going to happen? I think I did and didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to deal with it. But. We, so we sprayed can after can after can of bee spray in the wall. And finally, we got to the point where we had to rip the whole wall out. And the entire wall was mud wasps. All the cre- cre- crevices. And you know what mud wasp nests look like. Uh, uh, the mud dobbers. We call yes, them mud dobbers. Yeah. And the, every gap in the walls was filled. There were thousands of them in this wall. It was the grossest thing ever. And at the bottom, because the house had sat empty for a while, I guess, at the bottom of the walls was about a foot of nuts. You know, nuts from outside that the squirrels had brought in. Oh, my God. You had the Nature (laughs) Channel, too. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. That was awful. And then have you ever had a bat come over your head at night, like get in the house? I was driving my gator from one person's house to the next, and a bat flew and hit me square in the chest and went for a ride for about 10 seconds before I basically tucked and rolled. Did you die? (laughs) I still remember the feel of the, hold on, it was like a a thud on my chest, and I looked down, like, (laughs) That freaked you out. Dusk. Dusk on a ring. I was like, I'm never driving the thing at night again, ever. So now- that was. Probably the worst. You're home thing. without Chad. Okay. Probably won't happen to your new house, but let's say that old house. You're home without Chad. You're in bed sleeping and all happy. And all of a sudden you're whoosh, 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 over your head, which happened to us in this first house we lived in. Cause our, and by the way, I, I hated this setup. Our bedroom had the door to the attic. I don't know why horror movies or something. I never liked being in the bedroom with the door to the attic, but a bat was flying over our heads in, in the bedroom. And so what, what would be your first reaction? Um, well, I, I know my, this happened to my brother and he grabbed his tennis racket. That wasn't our first reaction. Our first reaction, the door. our so first reaction know. is to pull the covers over our head and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll go away. <laughs> and I think we actually stayed uh, with the covers over our head until it went away. And it did go away eventually. And we never had never came back. So I figured it no, went out. No, it did not go away. <laughs> that is very frightening that you would try to do that. Wow. I think that's and what we ended like, up doing. Were you guys married at this point? I don't think. I don't know. I don't know, actually. Because if I was a girl and there was a bat in my room <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And the dude I'm with puts the covers over his head. I'm out. Like, bless her. Like, she, you must have been married because no woman would marry The other thing like I'm that. out, too. The other thing I'm out on is if there's a snake in the house, I, I'm just out. Uh, just Have you had that? No, I haven't had a snake. No, you know what? I'm going to knock them. I'm not going to answer that so I don't jinx myself because <laughs> yeah. there's been a lot of nature at this new house that I'm not totally cool with. Anyway, go on to our Horses in the Morning Facebook page and tell us what critters you found in the house. We'd be interested in hearing that. <laughs> yeah, get, put, put up a post. We need to know what's happened to you. I mean, again, we're all horse people. We've all seen lots of nature and lots of weirdness. We just, we, I want to know. I want to know that we're not alone. I mean, 
how irresponsible, like how terrible of a home keeper do you have to be to have the nature channel in your attic and not know it till one squirrel falls down? <laughs> and you know, we've all had in the barn, we had a rabid, we found out it was rabid, it looked rabid. We had a raccoon that was in the rafters above my, my pony, actually. Uh, they were in, the horses were in the stalls. We come out and I see this raccoon in the rafter right above the horse's head and acting weird. So I'm like, okay, get the pony out of there and I need to shoot this raccoon. So I get to get the gun. Raccoon hadn't moved. I shot the raccoon. We have to bring it to the state. You're supposed to cut its head off. By the way, if you ever have to do this, you're supposed to cut the animal's head off and bring just the head. Hell right. with that. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, doing that. <laughs> I was like, dump the whole thing in a bag without touching it, bring it to the state. And it was rabid, so all the horses on that side had to be quarantined for six months. It was awful. <laughs> it was it was bad. Fortunately, nobody came down with rabies, but ugh. <laughs> and That's they do tough. that even if your horses have had rabies shots. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, if they're exp- that closely exposed, like with the raccoon in their stall. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's your learning lesson for the. We're all full of happy stuff today, aren't we? It's actually, I blame it. Is it Sharon that brought up? Yeah, I blame it on Sharon. She's the one that brought up the Halloween. Yeah. Stuff. I love how you're like, we're not going to talk about anything <laughs> weird or creepy. And then you're like, let's have a whole segment about weird, creepy stuff. <laughs> Why don't you talk about Kevin? That's not weird and creepy. Yeah. Thank goodness that they're here. Bring it back down. Well, you guys know we're all a little stressed right now. Our horses can get stressed out too. So can the raccoons and fox and uh, all the animals living in your home. Uh, Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather or their everyday surroundings. Travel causes horses stress just like humans and even simple diet changes too. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse. This might also come as a surprise. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day. By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health, performance, and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium on the market today, Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen. That's K-E-M-I-N, Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ. Thank you, Jamie. And now coming up, we have our first guest, Joanne Ernsberger, who is founder and director of Equicentral Growth Strategies. She's coming on to talk to us a little bit about progressive exper... exper how do you say that again? I even practice this. Experiential learning. I'm going with that. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, what that is, and what she's Experiential. doing. Experiential learning. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? My name is Smith. Smith. <laughs> Experiential. So let's get uh, Joanne on the line here. I love listening to you pronounce big words. I know. I it hate just it. just makes my day. That's why I always give them to you. Good morning. This is Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Uh, it's Glenn and Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well this morning. How are you guys? Good. Hello. Thanks for joining us. You're live on the air. And 
Now, you gave us, you gave me a, a lesson this morning because I had to try and say progressive experiential learning quickly, and it didn't come out right. So, uh, so thanks for that, by the yeah, way. That's, that's a tongue, tongue twister. Sure, sure. And, and then it's equi- um, equicentral growth strategies, and put those two together, it is a tongue twister. Did you like is, say, I'm going to have the most complicated name of anybody in the horse world so that people would remember it? <laughs> No, no, I didn't. It it actually it's it's a, a long story, and I know we have to honor a fifteen minute commitment. But yeah. uh, back in uh, nineteen ninety, I had um, a company called uh, Oasis Consulting Group, and that was all conventional, you know, workbook consulting, doing a needs analysis and psychometric assessments like DISC or uh, Myers Briggs, something of that nature, and doing leadership and team building and things. So over the years, uh, because of my, I've had horses all all my long life. And uh, it's always been a crossover between the performing arts and the equine. So, you know, I morphed back in for therapeutic reasons for serving people, um, even though we still do some performing with uh, Stars and Hearts productions. I morphed into equines because I got so much uh, joy and fulfillment from them. So I became a therapeutic riding instructor, and I did that for a few years uh, at another farm. And then subsequently here when we bought our, our farm, for the uh, Down Syndrome Association of Delaware, and that was uh, that was richly rewarding, mutually, you know, for um, my volunteers and certainly for the the parents of this precious uh, populace, you know. So as I learned about what other people are doing in uh, the equine world, I learned about equine assisted learning, equine assisted psychotherapy, and so forth. So I got a dual certification, one being an advanced. Uh, equine assisted practitioner for corporate development and also equine assisted psychotherapy. So if I use that model for psychotherapy, I always have a, a counselor, the client's counselor, the client's mental health worker present because I then shift from being a coach or a facilitator toward being an equine specialist and the counselor or therapist is the one holding the actual session so- with that client. So I worked so. for a lot of companies, and we did a lot of team team building. Some that were more interesting than others. Um, so, mm-hmm. but we, anybody who works for a company knows exactly what I'm talking about. But we never did yeah. anything with horses. So, w- kind of guide us what you do there when you get a co- corporation okay. come in, a bunch of people that know nothing about horses, right? What are, what are yeah. we trying to learn in the horse environment? Okay. Well, well, first off, horses being prey animals because they have such strong herd dynamics, they, over many, many, many years, developed a strong awareness of their surroundings. And that, in itself, enables them to detect and reflect emotional states of those around them, humans, you know. So this, in turn, gives humans a deep look into their own emotional state. And horses are masters at learning how to grow into a group and get along. They're non-judgmental. They don't lie. They don't walk around with cell phones checking in with people, you know. They don't judge. They don't care how you look, how much money you have, whatever. They accept us as we are, and they're always wanting congruent communication and partnering with us. So with one of my favorite clients, in fact, I have something coming up at the end of July. Uh, It's a dual thing. It's a a mini retreat called Coming Out of the Crisis because of the pandemic and, and of course, all that that entails. And... um, the five behaviors of a cohesive team. Now we've done that two years ago, but we're going to revisit it because of all the shifts in um, family dynamics and the work world. We're going to shift it up a little bit, do a recoach 
And the horses come in because, well, first off, we do a 30-minute safety exercise. We, you know, explain about horses, uh, their body language, how they use their ears, how they turn their heads, how they switch their tails, how they interact with each other. So after we observe that for a while, then we get down to brass tacks. And according to what I feel, and they agree, the needs are for growth in that department or team or company or whatever. Then we say, okay. Let's get out there. Let's uh, build an obstacle course, for example. And um, they have like four or five minutes to develop a strategy after they build a course with barrels and uh, overturned manure buckets, what have you. They can design it however they want. This is taken maybe six, seven people at a time. So they construct that and they have four minutes to do the strategy. Joanne, hold on one second. We seem to be losing you. Um... Let me call you. I was, I was wondering if that was Yeah, me. let me call you back. We we seem to have lost you. Sure, sure. Okay. I don't know what that is. All right, we're going to cut there. Uh, that. Live listeners, hold on. 32 minutes. All right, let's try that again. She was great until that point. I know. There was no issue at all. <laughs> That's one thing that cell phone connections have not done better in the pandemic. Okay, I'm here. All right, that sounds better. All right, so uh, let's... So where did we drop? um, Do you want to... I think the last thing was talking about the barrels. I can jump in with a a follow-up question, Okay, why don't we do that? All right, so Jamie, you go. In three, two, one. So tell me, what, what do the horses seem to add to this for your clients? They add partnership. They add uh, feedback. It's it's a very empowering thing for an individual that has no horse experience to lead or encourage a thousand pound animal to maneuver through an obstacle course with no halter, no lead line, no nothing. All they're doing is using body language and um, guiding that horse through a course or through another activity. There's probably 37 different activities that I have in my bag of tricks designed to do exactly what that person needs. So after they get through that exercise, I debrief it using Kolb's, K-O-L-B, apostrophe S, Kolb's five learning styles. You debrief it. Well, what happened out there? Does that happen at the office? Do you ever experience that kind of thing or frustration at home? And they start revealing things and they start interacting with each other. Well, yeah, remember last week we didn't get that data in the report. It was like when you were leading that horse, why did that horse respond to her and not me? Well, what was your energy state? If you were in a very active movement, the horse probably gravitated to someone else instead of you because they were reading either anxiety, aggression, confusion. You follow me? So the, the horse's they they're masters at communication they they can't separate how they feel from how they act if you have seven horses lying down in a field one will stand up and watch over the rest because they they have to gauge and respond according to their safety you know they have to navigate to, in their world according to what's safe what keeps their feet moving if they need to and how to get along with each other Horses move each other around all day long. You know, I want to stand, I want to be on that pile of hay 
Mm -hmm. to walk toward and move that horse away. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go over here. I mean, then that's the, that's the fascinating part too, is almost, uh, so I work a lot with veterans, uh, using horses and doing join up Mm -hmm. at Monty Roberts place. And a lot of the same thing that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is what we do. Um, and, and through motivational interviewing, uh, post the join up and how was that experience? And I mean, cause yes. horses are the best mirrors that you yes, could possibly see what, if you don't get your physiology, right, you're not going to achieve anything, you know? So it does kind of go bigger. I just wanted to hear somebody with such a big brain ex- explain it. <laughs> somebody with <laughs> well, all your credentials. Well, it's all feedback and reflection. You know, we all carry a, a you know big slice of energy around with us all the time, and the horses pick up on that. They did a they did an experiment at the Horse Mass Institute, I believe. I'm getting that right. They uh, wired up a guy and a horse thermographic study uh, to get the heart rate. So the horse was in a satiated state, not hungry, not walking around, no anxiety, nothing, and the the gentleman was chill. So. After about a minute, that horse's heartbeat began to match the human. <laughs> Horses synchronize their heartbeats. They do it with themselves, and they'll do it with humans. There you go. And so we're thinking, well, how does that happen? Because it's the horse, his physiology, you know, he's saying, okay, I'm going to tweak down because now I'm in this herd with this other, this other being. So in order for him to be safe in me, we're going to just navigate through this world together for however long because the horse can't judge that way you know and uh that's what happened and it's the what 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 is fun for me to realize is the science is finally catching up to the experiential you know we're finally finding ways to prove what actually happens out there you know i had a i had a child come this is now we're dipping into the backyard barn foundation which i started it was a dream of mine if we ever had our own farm we ever had our own farm, I would just call it the backyard barn. Well, don't you know, we found a five and a half acre format and we have a big one acre out in front, but everything else is in the backyard. <laughs> oh, everything wow. else is back there. Yeah. The dog yard, the chickens where the hens are and, and the horses are all in the remaining, you know, back there. So obviously that was going to be the backyard barn. So, um, you know, it used to be the backyard barn project, part of Equicentral, but I, I started a nonprofit. I said, darn it, some of these people aren't going to, I'm not going to just serve. Not that I don't find it gratifying and rewarding. I love working with the work world. I come from a corporate background. Um, I love that. But, um, you know, when you're dealing with people in recovery and people, um, you know, broken children in the foster system and, and so on, veterans, seniors, you know, people that are in nursing homes and they're and re- look, thinking back on that bucket list, you know, well, I've had seniors come and hold buckets of feed and have the horse, you know, have the bucket on their lap in a wheelchair and the horse is eating and they're, they're acting like it's Christmas morning. You know, they just love that. And, um, it's so fulfilling for them to say, I have something powerful to do. I'm feeding a horse right from my wheelchair and the horse is loving it. I'm loving it. And it, you just see them light up. And then we go and we pot some plants. We do some other things. Well, Joanne, but, I, want, I want to get back to the business people, okay, for a second. Sure, this sure. Is where, this, is, this is where I see a disconnect, and I want you to tell me that how, how you get past this. So every, everybody, everybody, most people, most normal people, um, will 
treat an animal nicer than they'll treat another human being. They will mm-hmm. they will have more patience with an animal than they will another human being. And again, I'm generalizing that. Okay. Yes, of course. So mm-hmm. even in the work world, you know, we don't, we we sometimes do not have patience. I mean, Jamie drives me nuts, right? So <laughs> we, I have less patience with Jamie than I probably do my pony. Uh, I'm just picking on Jamie here, um, trying to prove a point. So how do you get that? So th- they come work with the horses, but do they, in fact, go away having more patience with people, or did they just have fun playing with horses? Do you know what I'm, my question is? No. Yes, I can certainly answer okay. that, and that that's a great one. That's a, that's a question that should be used all, all the time with people that do this work. Yes, it improves their communication because the horses – it always goes back to the horses. Let, let's take for example this one workshop I do, the five behaviors of a cohesive team. Okay, so they they work with um, you know conflict communication. You know it's a, it's a pyramid tier that goes all the way up to results. So when they do those, well, all right, day one they're going to do the workbooks. We're going to do PowerPoint. We're going to do all that. Then when they get with the horses, and say Dixie and Barney are going to, you know. Um, take up where the day before went, um, you know, and laid the groundwork, it causes people to internalize what they're experiencing with the horses because the way you're coaching, the way you're facilitating, you're always leading, not, not, it's not manipulation, it's revelation. It's asking them to reflect on what they're learning as they go. It's asking them to really dig deep and talk about their work day, talk about their challenges at work using an activity with the horse. There's one called leadership in a box. It's ground poles leaning up against the wall of an indoor arena and then one pole making the bottom, you know, the box. So they need to work as a team, could be two or three at a time. Getting that horse after I send it out at Liberty, trotting around, trotting around, and then we, you know, we wait for him to center himself, getting him to go into that box. Now, the preface of that is think about you guys as a team. You're working together here at work. Now you're in the arena. You're working together with this horse. We're going to figure out how that goes back to the office, how that goes back to the boardroom. So they do that activity. They get him in there, or they don't. They could get him halfway in and halfway out. Sometimes that happens, too, because when time's up, time's up. So he's in there. The the goal is get him in the box, put him in there for 10 seconds. And some people end up making a, um, you know, like Hands Across America thing, hold the horse in the box, holding hands, holding hands. And they're like, "That's that's a nice way to end that exercise. It doesn't always work that way. But you have to work with what you have because the horses won't make it up. They won't say, oh, yeah, let's make this successful. They're going to make it be what it needs to be, and you debrief that where it is because that's really what's happening with those people. It's the energy level. It's the posture. It's everything the horse is reflecting back as a way as what they're reading according to how they're being um, handled. Okay, so So, I'm going to extend that, all right, because mm -hmm. we see the comments from our listeners who have issues at work, and I am sure that you've seen some very interesting, um, not disagree- well, disagreements or some very interesting things that have come up in these sessions where they, they tend to go after each other. There's always one guy, 
in every office that's going to mm-hmm. be the pain in the ass, right? And mm-hmm, he's going to be mm-hmm. the pain in the ass about everything all the time. Sometimes it's the boss, right? Sometimes it's the boss. Sometimes yeah, it's one yeah, of your yeah. coworkers. And remember, if there isn't that guy in your office, it's you. <laughs> so, so the, <laughs> that's right. So the question is, right. that guy's also in this session, and I bet you can identify him. And I mean him; it could be a her too. But you can identify mm-hmm, sure. that person in about ten seconds, right? Um, yeah. How yeah. do how? does this process help the others just deal with him? Because he's most of the time not going to learn anything from anything he does or she does. No. Well, see, the reason, the reason is you have when people, and this is, it, it actually comes out in the arena because you have uh, leaders. There's a, one workshop I uh, teach. It's called leadership and fellowship. If you, not everybody's called to be at the helm. Not everybody's called to, to lead, lead. We, we undervalue people that know supportive fellowship that are just as powerful as the leader, just as honoring to that person. And that, you know, you have a, you have a creator, an advancer, a refiner, and an executor in a perfect team. So it's called the care thing. So the creator, the visionary is going to be all over the place. And sometimes that particular kind of leader becomes very insecure because they have no feeling of being supported. And it just, it just trickles down from there. It just makes them ineffective, makes people resent them. When in fact, he needs to ask for support. He needs to ask for support. You have a lot of insecure um, leaders in business. You know, they're, they're walking around with all the weight, not, not coaching and inspiring others to support the vision. And that's why there's, you know, teams that are less than vital, less than productive, less than peaceful. You you have people coming into work with stress, going home with stress, and there's no way to get rid of that except for congruent communication, no matter what. It calls for letting your guard down, you know, being vulnerable. And not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to do that. But horses, they, horses have to. There's no other way. They'll be kicking each other all day if they don't learn to get along, you know? So it's asking them to take a moment. And frankly, if I have someone like that, I offer them private coaching as a follow-up afterward. And we really get into things because it would, it would not, I would not go away with a free mind if I didn't do all that I see and all that it, it's really in my power to help them create an environment that's not only just go, go, go productive, but one that is peaceful and it's an environment of trust and willingness to truly cooperate and be supportive wow. of each other and the guy or the woman in charge. Uh, that's a perfect way to end this conversation. Thank you, Joanne. This is fascinating. And, and you can tell I've worked in a few offices over the years. Uh, so with, yeah, so have I. Yeah. I. I come from the brokerage industry. Yeah. And it, you know, yeah, it gets a tough world. I was in the financial sales, too, so I get it. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. in the same world with the same kind of people. But this is fascinating. Where can people find out more? Yes, we have uh, com. And we also have uh, the, the, it's the www.backyardbarnfoundation.org. Very good, Joanne. Thank you for joining us. This has been fascinating. Appreciate it. 
Thank you. Keep up the good work. I appreciate it so very much. Thank you. Have a great day, both of you. Thanks. It's funny how, you know, she's just taking what you do with horses and training people how to train horses. And also with the veteran, she's taking it to the workplace and, you know, trying to, you know, get change there. And, you know, you've worked in enough places to see the toxic workplaces. You worked in a few in radio. Radio is mostly toxic workplaces from what I hear. I think so. Yeah. And, and Monty has a book called Horse Sense and People. He did a lot of these um, corporate events as well. And, I mean, it's it works. It's it works. So what she's doing is she's she's on to on to something. I I just I want more studies to come out and show that it works so people understand what you do horses with people. What you know? I'm tired of answering that question. Mm. I want everybody to know that horses will fix you no matter who you are. <laughs> That's my opinion anyway. Well, uh, I think we started running out of time a little bit with her, so we've got to get directly yep. to our next guest before we come back with That's Right, your equestrian first world problems. And Glenn, I have some information for you. I have done some digging. I have done some research. I have found an answer to one of life's questions. Okay. And I will tell you after this. All right. We will be here for a few minutes after for the auditors as well. If you want to become an auditor, what we talked about auditors a little earlier in the show, you can go to horseradionetwork.com and scroll down the right side of the page and you'll find the auditor banner. Just click on that for as little as $3 a month. You too can become an auditor. Well, there's some exciting things happening. Get try and get our next guest on here. There's some exciting things happening over on the dressage show uh, on the Horse Radio Network. Hi there, is this Dini? <laughs> this is Dini. Yeah. Dini, yes. Well, thank you for joining us. Dini Swanson is here. She's executive director of the Western Dressage Association. We have talked many times uh, over uh, over email. Have we ever talked? On, I don't think we've talked on the air before. I don't think. so. Well, I'm so excited to have you here to make an official announcement, and that is, as of last week, the Dressage Radio Show, the Western episode hosted once a month by Stacey Westfall, is now the official podcast of the Western Dressage Association, and we're so excited about that. We are thrilled about it. It's it's awesome. We love Stacey. She's an incredible representative. For well, us. you, so, yeah, you we, went to the top to find uh, to, to have that host, by the way. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. But yeah. you never know it, by the way, the way she acts and presents herself. She's just one of the gals. It's so funny because years ago when I met her, I met her maybe 10 years ago, and I'd been trying to get her to do a show forever and ever. And of course, she has the Stacey Westfall podcast now, which is her own show. And then she's been on here for about six months uh, doing one episode a month on Horses in the Morning, which will end now that she has taken over the Western Dressage uh, episode on the Dressage Radio Show once a month. And Stacy's done so many things. Jamie was just saying she does Western Dressage, too. It seems like she does everything. She really has. <laughs> she, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. How she, how she, how she time. finds the time. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I think she's got more days or more hours in the day than we do. Either that or there's just, I can't, I don't know how there's any more room on her wall for world record and <laughs> world championship titles. I, I, she, she has about a million of them in, in a bunch of different yeah. things. So. She, yeah. But she's never, she's not afraid to try something new. 
how like long, Western Dressage. How long has Western Dressage Association been around? The association has been around since 2011. I think, do you remember, Jamie, back when we started, we talked about this new thing called Western Dressage, and we had some guests on about it? That was so, sorry. Yeah, no. back in back when we first started this show. It was back in probably 2010 or early 2011. We talked about Western Dressage yeah. and how it was brand new back then. Yeah. Yeah. It was just up it, and coming. Yeah, we're still, I mean, we, we're still babies and, you know, just learning what we're doing as we go. Um, but it's it's really gained traction in the last couple of years. Do, are you guys the one that decides on the tests and put out the official tests and stuff? Yes, that's okay. that's us. That's we are the tests. And are is is Western Dressage now an FEI or not an FEI a USEF? You, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're we're USEF and have been for many years. Um, yeah, we're the official. Uh, affiliate for Western Dressage with USCF, which is great because they handle all the dirty work. They <laughs> <laughs> do the licensing and, the, and enforcing the rules, and we don't have to worry about that. We we create the rules, but they enforce them. Who Who's coming into Western Dressage? Is it people from English Dressage? Is it Brainers? Is it Backyard Horse, who, horse People? Who, who's get, where, where is your influx coming from? Everybody. Mm. everybody uh it's it's amazing um we we did a you know a little market research thing a couple of years ago and we have horses that are on their third career uh we have riders that are on you know mainly women over 50 but now we're bringing in a lot more kids uh 4h groups that that kind of you know younger kids that are involved because it's so accessible, um, we get we just get everybody. Uh, you know, maybe horses that you know need to take a step down from traditional dressage. Uh, we've got former uh, AQHA pleasure horses. We have rescues. We've got mustangs. Um, everything under the sun. We've got so- it. Question, what are some of the differences? Because as I, I'm an eventer, but I'm also, you know, obviously we have to do English yeah. dressage, but what are some of the differences besides a Western saddle between English and Western dressage? Well, I'm probably not the perfect person to ask that question because I'm more admin and I'm I'm not a um, Western dressage trainer, but I, I would say just in general, besides you know, the different tack would be that Western dressage is more of the ground and not above the ground. Um, we are the basically the fundamentals for Western working horses. What do you mean of the ground as above, above opposed to above the ground? You're not jumping? <laughs> well, we're not jumping. We, we don't have a lot of, we don't have a lot of jump. We don't have a lot of, you know, piaf. Uh, There's suspension. no piafs and passages, and uh, there's no piaf. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it's it's a little closer to the ground, if if that makes sense. So is um, it kind of like a like a Western pleasurey kind of headset movement? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, okay, no. not maybe peanut rollers. No. <laughs> Did we do a fed? No peanut rollers. No, it's, but you know, we've had some that have graduated from there coming to Western dressage and learning to Pick move their more heads naturally. Up. <laughs> um, 
I mean, we've got Frisian saddlebreds, Arabs, quarter horses, appies, mules, donkeys, everything. So we see every single kind of headset and it's what's good for that horse, that particular horse. So it's, like it's not an easy, yeah, it's not an easy thing to judge because, you know, the one horse might have its neck coming straight up out of its shoulder and the next one might be a former, um, you know, pleasure horse. And that's the thing so is they are judged differently, correct? They are. What do you mean? By they, so obviously the judge takes into consideration in this case, it's a mule and not a, you know, not a quarter horse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that could be, yeah. I mean, it, at our world show last year, we had 40 different breeds of horses. I think that's so what's so different these, about this is you don't see that on English dressage uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I want to like do Western sport. dressage in my English saddle. Can I do that? Because <laughs> I'm much more well, comfortable <laughs> in a dressage saddle. Just tape a horn we on top. Have, <laughs> the cool thing is, is that all the saddle makers are starting to make these spectacular uh, Western dressage saddles. And they're close contact and they're... Um, you know, not bulky. You can feel the horse underneath you. It's it's pretty cool. They kind of look like a cross, actually. They kind of look yeah. like a cross, like a hybrid. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, they're, I mean, they're, like we have a rule where we don't require a horn on the saddle. Um, you know, it can still be a Western saddle without the horn. You're not roping anything. So uh, if uh, some of the people that are transitioning or doing both uh, traditional dressage and Western dressage kind of prefer not to have that horn. And that's an option. Well, you know, we talk, we're talking about being inclusive right now in the world, right? That's the, one of the topics yeah. that's uh, going. And Western dressage is inclusive. I think that's one of the things that impressed me the most over the years of getting to talk to you guys and really, you know, talking to Stacy at length mm -hmm. is that you guys are so inclusive and designed it to be inclusive. Absolutely. And we, we make decisions on that fact and we make our rules specifically. So we are not exclusive. So we're not excluding somebody from participating. Uh, and it, it just, I don't know. It just makes it fun. It's, it's a lot, you know, more down to earth and approachable than, you know, some of the other horse businesses that I've been involved in. I like it because I, I, I have a Mustang and, and also a lot of off the track thoroughbreds, but it'd be fun to go to a, a show where the horse is judged for the horse and not judged for this picture that you want to have because not every horse can do that or is conformed to do that. So I really like that aspect of it and, as well. And let's Again, face it, regular just dressage is, saddle thing. Regular dressage or yeah. English dressage is based on hundreds of years of tradition. So there that's that picture you're talking about, right, Jamie? Is it's just yeah. That picture. It has to be that picture. Um, and, and again, well, I mean, there's levels, which is why you move up the levels in that. And I'm sure there's levels in Western dressage as well. So I'm excited to start hearing uh, Stacy talk a little bit more about it. And be, thank you for for becoming the uh, the the show. The our kind of like yeah. what 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 is the word? We're official official podcast. podcast. Yes. yes, the official <laughs> podcast. Yes, love it. 
Well, Dani, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. If you want to hear the episode, there was one that came out last week, head of the Dressage Radio Show on your favorite podcast player on the Horse Radio Network app. You'll find it there. Stacy did a great episode. And of course, it's Stacy. So it's always going to be a good episode. Uh, And (laughs) you can find that once a month. It's the last episode of every month on the Dressage Radio Show. And where can we find the Western Dressage Association? You can go to uh, westerndressageassociation.org or sometimes www.wdaa.org uh, works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> well, uh, we just search for Western Dressage Association. You'll find it. Thanks for joining us, and thanks yep. again for becoming part of the Horse Radio Network. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, what was cool is uh, as soon as she found out Stacy was doing that episode once a month, they reached out to us. So that was so. Now the dressage show is the official uh, dressage show for the United States Dressage Federation and the Western Dressage Association. How cool is that? They got it Are all going the on over there. Official podcast for anything? Uh, losers. Um, Horses in the morning. The official <laughs> podcast for no one. No one. I mean, <laughs> we're not official anything. <laughs> Maybe that's better. There's no pressure that way. We can be stupid and, and you know, we can Nobody do whatever the heck we want. Nobody wants to attach their name that's, to our show. That's right. Like, at all. Would you? <laughs> They're like, Stacy, we're going to have you to stop doing courses in, in the, the morning. morning. Yeah, it's so ruining, your, separate it's ruining you. your reputation. <laughs> God. It's because we do stuff like this. Remember that if you have an equestrian first uh, problem, it is a first world problem because that is the world that we live in because we have horses, horses, people. Now, Glenn, would you like me to uh, let you know about the first world problems or do you want me to blow your mind and answer a question that you've had for years? Uh, Let's do the first world problems and we'll end blowing my mind. I'm going to blow your mind. All right. Just uh, remember, these are actual first world problems submitted by our auditors. We post a picture. Usually it's me on Sunday morning or or Monday night, Sunday night or Monday morning asking for your problems and you share. And I would like to point out that Glenn wrote my equestrian first world problem for the second time. I have to cover for Jamie because she forgot to post his picture. So what are your problems? And Thank you, Kayla, because she's like, it's called teamwork, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, I was up at 530 trying to ride some horses, okay, before the show. So suck it. And that leads to Kayla's first world problem, which is my equestrian first world problem. Since COVID, I've started to work out pretty intensely. Well, now I work out for over an hour, and I like to do it before riding all my horses, but it's so hot. So I need to start riding at like 6.30 or 7 in the morning, but there's no way in hell I'm getting up that early to work out. So long story short, it's really hot when I ride. <laughs> Get up. You know what? Work out after. Why is this a problem? Everybody's um, mad at her right now, by the way, working out an hour a her, day. Between her and Joy posting oh. pictures of how amazing they are, I'm yes. just like, y'all, uh, I don't Your know. Your co-host, Joy, by the way, uh, loves posting pictures of how amazing she looks. Um, she has by visible way, she abs. Heard us, she heard us talking about her last time, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, she has visible abs. I would show that crap on 
Facebook as well. <laughs> Look at my visible abs that I have. Um, I have abs. Mine are visible just underneath. Buried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just buried under a couple inches. But I can like, I can feel them. Like if I crunch my stomach together, I'm like, oh, there they are. I can, I can poke them. Okay. Courtney says, I changed my schedule at work so I could get off earlier to ride and still have time to make dinner before 9 p.m. But now it's too hot to ride when I get off. So we're back to dinner at 9 p.m. <laughs> Girl, it is a struggle. I have a seven-year-old and I'm like, please, I've got to feed him before. Yeah, he gets hungry before nine o'clock, doesn't he? Um, But it's like the perfect time to go out and do stuff is like 6, 30, 7 o'clock. And who's going to eat at 5, 30 p.m.? And then I'm going to have to make another dinner at 9 p.m. It's a ridiculous problem. Um, Nikki says, two weeks ago, I was trying to be a cleaner, more organized person. So like I brought my saddle pads home to like power wash them. Except for they never made it out of the trunk of my car. And I just realized it. I forgot to open up when I opened up my trunk yesterday in the 90 degrees. Oh, yuck. <laughs> That's like, oh, yuck. That's like leaving onions in your car in the heat. I've left Mexican food in the heat. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. terrible thing. If you want to get out any other smell, though, you can leave saddlebags in the back of your car. And when it's 90 degrees outside, that means it's about 190 in the car. Yeah, exactly. Um, Colleen says, I love that people share this. Like, you just shared that. Um, Colleen says, I spent the weekend completely reorganizing my tack room and it looks so great. And like, I'm no longer tripping over all the tack left uh, on the floor, but now I can't remember where anything is. That's why you never put anything away. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, 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 to organize a place for my basset hound to sleep. So I'm like moving saddle pads around. I'm like, can't find that saddle pad. (laughs) Um, Alex says, I moved my horse to a cool eventing barn 15 minutes from my house. But now I don't have as much time in the car to listen to horses in the morning. Oh, <laughs> you need to move further away. Yeah, that's Clear. it. That's what you have to do. I do listen to podcasts when I ride. As long as it's a calm podcast or calm music, I find that. Oh, you so know, you're not listening to political podcasts while you ride? <laughs> well, I'm not listening to that anyway. <laughs> but like, I'll listen to music and Chad will come in the barn and I'll want to put on something he likes. So I'll put on music that's like, you know, 90s grunge rock, you know, and all of a sudden Nirvana's on and I'm like thrashing. My blood pressure <laughs> is like through the roof. Zeus is like having a conniption over in the yeah. stall. <laughs> We're going to play some Taylor Swift. Okay. I'm going to change that. Thanks. Um, yeah. By the way, that is like the best bar music. Taylor Swift use that or Miranda Lambert. You don't have to worry about anything. Uh, Lorene says, <laughs> Lorene, my beauty salon finally opened up after a three month lockdown and I was able to get an appointment. Yay. But I like hate my new haircut. Girl, <laughs> she got somebody different. <laughs> oh, Nikki says, "Yeah, mine dyed my hair the wrong color." <laughs> she said, "Jersey girl problems." <laughs> Patty says, "I got approved to adopt a horse through a rescue." Yay! But the horse I was interested in was adopted to someone else right before my application was approved. Dude, <laughs> I see this all the time. Y'all got to get it in, get it done, and have it on file. <laughs> Uh, Matt says in the picture, this is just classic. I got all the boards on my trailer. I get hay wet 
except for one since I measured wrong and the sawmill is closed. And it's like one of those trailers, like long pieces of wood. It's like the front tooth is missing on a human. There's like one board that is missing of this trailer. Please tell me you, you got hay. I want a picture of your legs sticking through there. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Claire says, I have my bumper pull set up so I can camp in the back when I take my horse. Oh, that's cool. Her bumper pull trailer, she can camp. Jennifer does that when she went to endurance rides. With a bumper pull? Yeah. Where do you sleep? She had it. She took one stall and the horse had the other. Oh, well, look at you. Um, I, have my <laughs> I didn't do that. Up, I didn't so volunteer I for that. Mm-mm. You know what, baby? I'm going to let you have this experience by yourself. I'm going to cheer you on from home. Um, my bumper pull set up so I can camp in the back when I take my horse out on trail rides. But my horse and I just spent the weekend camping with my friend in her living quarter trailer. And now I want one of those. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I ended up with the living quarters trailer is because I took Chad and he slept one night in my gooseneck and it got down to like 38 or something. And he's like, Nope, I'm not doing that again. So I get it. Uh, Jenna says due to COVID, the can the Canadian national Andalusian show was canceled, <sighs> but I already booked the week off of work. So now I'm using the time off and my money to geld my yearling. Woo-hoo! <laughs> He's going to be so happy that you're doing that. Um, April says I'm looking for a new saddle and I found two that are going to work and they're both like really a great deal. So I don't know what you want to pick. Or do I just buy both? Well, don't ask Jamie husband. that question. Buy both. Oh my God. When is this ever going to practically yeah. free? It's like it's free. It's like two for one. Buy one. Get, it's a BOGO. It's a BOGO saddle deal. That never happens. Joy says our field was cut and they're bailing today. And now I have to make room in the barn for all the extra hay. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing more satisfying than having a full hay room. Yeah, that it? is true. It's the best. That Tiana has the last one. After here. you're done, after you've recovered after about three days, uh, it's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's something about, I mean, you will find hay in parts of your body yeah, that you. I don't, th- I, I think doing hay creates more sore muscles in, in your entire body than anything else you do. It's just... God, it's so satisfying, though. It's <laughs> worth it. It is, perfect. and you know okay. our our guys that bailed our hay loved. They said, "Well, you know, it'd be much more efficient if we did the three string hundred pound bales." It's like hell no, it's efficient for you, not for us. We got to put them up there. So. It, it's not worth it. <laughs> no. We we pay a dollar extra a bale to have smaller ones, like as far as weight goes. And Chad's like, "It's worth it." Oh Don't yeah, because those hundred you need three people to get it, and then you're putting the, trying to stack it up twenty feet. No, thank you. Good times. Tiana has the last one. She said, last week I was supposed to jump in my lesson for the first time since last year, but it was so dang hot. We just went for bareback trail rides instead all week long. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. My kingdom for a horse that I can go on a bareback trail ride with or the inner thigh strength. Yeah, you don't have any of those right now. Can you do Zeus bareback? I ride Zeus in a bareback pad. Hmm. He has a spine. Yeah. It's, there's nothing bareback about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us the amazing... Thank you, everybody, by the way, for posting your woes. We really appreciate it every yes. Monday. Very uh, sad for all of you. It's yes. very sad. All right. I'm ready for my mind to be blown, and then we're going to talk to the auditors for a little bit after the show. Okay. Are you sitting down? I am not. I'm, I'm actually standing up, but... Okay. Well, I sit but, down, we'll I can't hear talk you, on the mic. We'll hear you fall. <laughs> okay. So, um, you posted 
the equestrian first world problems meme, which is that lady who has her hand up to her right temple. And you can see the like, Oh, the one that's been in every first world problem meme, uh, like a million of them. And she's crying. She's a brunette. Did she, was she a model that went to, did she realize she was going to be used in every meme about first world problems in the world? You know what? It's funny because she's really hard to figure out who it is because everything just says stock photo, stock photo, stock photo. And so she never really was able to become famous, but I found her. Really? There, I see, I, want, I was wondering that this morning, whether I, when I picked that one, I went, does this lady know or did she have any clue? <laughs> Let me introduce you to Sylvia Bottini. She shut to internet stardom after social media users made her the face of, quote, first world problems. <laughs> That's what you and want to be the face of, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um... <laughs> she became infamous for this viral image, but this article says you would not recognize her if you stumbled across her in the street. Dude, she's super hot. <laughs> oh my God. She's dropped dead. Really? Yes. She, is she, she looks model. like a frazzled uh, mom of 12 in that picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. She's now 39 and she's an Italian model who has worked on numerous television shows and films as an actress. Huh. She trained at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute in Los Angeles, where she began participating, picking up her first acting roles. She's done mostly theater. She does a lot of theater and um, really... Uh, her noteworthy acting credits include roles in Next Big Thing, Only You, and So Glam, So You. I don't know what any of those are. But she's dropped in gorgeous, and she's uh, currently, uh, she was just working on a couple TV short films. And as far as talking about the first world problem meme, yes, she knows. She knows that's her, and she doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, because she doesn't get any <laughs> mailbox money. She would she would never have to work again if she got a penny for every time somebody used that. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. <laughs> she she is uh it says even though Sylvia's meme is constantly being dredged up online, she has yet to address her online stardom. Um instead you can follow her on Insta because she'll post regular updates about her acting roles on social media. Again, if you want to try to find her and look at these pictures, she's really pretty. Um, her name again, I can't is believe Sylvia. you found this. <laughs> it was really hard. It took me quite a while. S I L V I A Battini, Sylvia Battini. Well, Sylvia, we love you. And we love the fact that we use you almost every week in our request for first. World you actually have scolded me. You're like, stop using that. <laughs> Same picture. I'm like, but I there's can't. so many different words put on that. There's so many different memes using that same picture. We need to find a new lady or a new man to use. But that one's so perfect. It's just so perfect. <laughs> I would do it if I got a penny. So did she pose for that? Did it? Did I miss that part? She posed for that specifically for a meme, or was it just a stock photo that she posed for? It was just a stock photo that, that somebody she took posed him. for. Yeah. Um, she it just uh, again. She's an actress. It was just off of a stock one of the photo, stock photo sites, and somebody yeah. took it and started doing these memes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. There, we really appreciate you posing as a <sighs> exasperated uh, mother of twelve. Really appreciate that. I mean, and it's hard to it's hard to find her, but Sylvia, you're outed. Good we job, know Sylvia. We, we, we need to, to get her on you. the show, except she won't talk about it. So. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> I'll be happy to tell you about my acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, auditors, hang on. Everybody else, tomorrow we, is the fifth Tuesday of the month, so we actually don't have a show for you tomorrow. So we'll be back here on Wednesday, and then the driving show on Thursday, and then some really bad ads on Friday. So that's the weekend lineup, or the week lineup, and we really appreciate you stopping by. I read a statistic this morning that said only 51% of weekly podcasting listeners listen to indie, independent shows. The rest listen to all of those like NPR and stuff. So we know you're one of 50% of the special people that listen to us, an independent show. We really appreciate that. So you are special is what I'm trying to tell you. Thank you, guys. Faye Neuter yelled (laughs) on your vacation with your spare money. Money. (laughs) Well, that'll make you special, too. Make your horse special, anyway. Less special, maybe. 25,000 images have been downloaded of her as the internet crying lady. <laughs> All right, cut. Well, uh, let me uh, do that. Auditors, tonight is uh, at 8 o'clock is the uh, WTF advice hour. So Nikki, Helena, and I will be back tonight. We got some questions that need answered. Now, we don't do the training advice. We leave that to Jamie. Jamie does training advice. We do life advice. So we had people write in mostly about problems at work, ironically, after today's guest. Um, So uh, we will be addressing those and some problems at the barn, and we'll be addressing those in our own unique way. If you plan on watching tonight live, uh, be aware that you do not want this is not safe for work or children. And also, it will be put out on the auditor podcast feed if you miss it tonight. So you can look forward to that. It's our once a month appearance of that show. And uh, uh, did you see the video? Oh, the asshole lady. She was going to get my loser of the day, but we didn't have time. Uh, the video of the woman who got kicked by the horse at an acetique. <laughs> Is I was wondering where that was. It was acetique. Did she get kicked? We Chad and I were trying to break. I, it I don't did think she, she got, kicked or did she fall? I think she fell over. It took her a while to get back up, though. The video didn't quite get her being kicked, but she she takes one of these little kids' shovels for the sand shovels, and she goes up. And what happened was the horses were eating her food. They were reaching down on her blanket to eat her food. She was trying to get him away from her blanket, and she went up and whacked the one and turned around and tried to kick her. And then later on, you saw the horse had a baby, which was probably not a good idea to uh, hit her, hit that horse in the first place. If you're going to Assateague Island, you would know that the horses are going to be on the beach, and they're going to try and do that stuff, and it's just the way it is. People are so stupid. They're so ignorant like today. It doesn't matter what the horse was doing. Walking up behind a horse and <laughs> hitting it in it. the bum. A wild horse. Let's a wild yeah, horse yeah, is not going to end well for you. It's the same people though that go up and try and pet the buffalo at Yellowstone and wonder why they get gored. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same people because they have no concept of what a wild animal is. They just have no concept. I don't know. That was, was I don't just, know. that one drove me nuts. That one drove me nuts. Anyway, what else did we have to talk about with the auditors? Let's see here. Um, what other weird things happened? There were some interesting auditor posts of people having issues. Some of them we are going to be addressing tonight. But there were some... There were some you guys all have problems, let me tell you. You're all... Uh, I'm trying a- to think, what would I like advice on 
as far as the WTF, I guess all of my questions would re- re- like kind of circulate around parenting. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I can't help with that. So no, you're <laughs> definitely not. I'm a not asking. I mean, I guess Helena's like a successful parent. She navigated that world. So maybe I'll just message her. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to message her. I don't think Nikki has kids either, but she is a psychologist or a psychiatrist. She's psychologist. a she, one of those. The medicine or no medicine? She get no non medicine. She's a therapist, like a, you know, one of those. Uh, I always get her title wrong. She gets mad at me. But, uh, you know, she's actually trained where Helene and I just give our opinion. Uh, so there's that. And you you know what? You're usually pretty shy about it. So I'm really proud of you for stepping <laughs> out of your comfort zone and giving an opinion. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we don't usually have that trouble here on the show. It has been hard to not... Uh, do you know how... You know, I started the whole... When my brother told me what was going to happen with the whole COVID thing, we were one of the first ones to talk about it in, in the world, let alone the horse world. Yeah. And it has been so hard to back away and not not post anything. And I haven't. I haven't posted anything. But that was so... It's so hard to do when I see posts. It's just so hard. <laughs> But I haven't I've kept my mouth shut. So. Can I? Can I uh, I'll tell something else. We we got some more COVID animals. Um, <laughs> when I went to California, this is going to be a total subject change. But I just saw something about it. Um, a as I need I need some auditors' advice here. I got I went to California. I came back. Three of my chickens are dead. They know like management from my husband was not so great. Um, so I lost three. Well, hands, and so chickens like, will find any excuse to die. Oh my God. They just try to kill themselves all the time. <laughs> they and just I get die. it. I wasn't upset. Yeah, I mean, you, you go out in the morning no, and there's no evidence of anything and they've just died. None are pets. <laughs> yeah. I just refuse to care. Oh, about you can't. Any they don't last them. that long. <laughs> I've cried too many times over chickens. It's that like I fish. Just can't. It's like fish. I mean, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. So anyway, um, there was a feed local feed store actually up in Oklahoma city that had some baby chicks that were a little older. Cause I didn't want day old chicks. So these are a couple weeks old. So I drove up to get them and along with all of them were quail, baby quail. And they're like, if you took a quarter, they're the size of a quarter Glenn. They're so tiny and so cute. And I, so I bought them all. <laughs> it's like, I'll take them all. <laughs> so it was eight. We're now down to seven because they got trampled by the other chicks and baby chicks were too big for the baby quail. So I had to what separate do you do all with of them. Quail? That's my question. <laughs> I've never had a quail before. Did you know if you wanted to. Do they just fly use... away eventually or are they like chickens? I... I don't know. They kind of walk on the ground. I think they fly, but they prefer to walk on the ground. I'm doing some research and I got the food right. But, um, five quail eggs equal one chicken egg. That's how <laughs> tiny these eggs are. Like, why do I have quail? What do I need? So if you're making a for? recipe, you need to do cupcake instead of a cake. One of our <laughs> listeners was like, don't worry. They'll all kill each other when they're older anyway. <laughs> That's something like, to look forward to. It sounds terrible. You, you seem to have bad luck picking birds, by the way. Well, I asked. I said, put them out with the geese. One, That'll go well. <laughs> I, I, I compared them to the geese. I said, number one, are these going to try to murder my, me or my family eventually? No. Okay. Number two, how loud are they? Are they guinea fowl loud? <laughs> I'm like, no, they're actually quieter than chickens. And I was like, so they're small. They won't hurt you. And they're quiet. 
what could possibly go wrong? So I get, I'm like, put them all in the bag. Come on, let's go. Let's take them all. I couldn't leave like two, you know, so I took them all. So now I have seven baby quail as well. And, um, I don't know what the hell to do with them. What, what do you do with quail? I mean, they're tiny. They're quail. What you're do gonna I do? have to have a, a uh, you know, have you have a chicken, a chicken home? You're gonna have to have a quail home because they can't go out together. Now, now your husband's gonna have to build that. Oh my god, it's true, <laughs> right? What if the guinea fowls? Guinea fowls. I lock the guinea fowl out of the coop at night because they get I in there you and got they rid attack. of all of those. Huh? I have two left. The two males. I got rid of all the females because they're even louder. So now I have the. Um, Two guinea fowls that I lock out of the coop. It's funny. They all go into the coop at night by themselves, and I walk over, and they just run out. They're like, we know. We know. <laughs> Don't chase us. So they go out, and then I've got yeah. so anyway. Are you just encouraging the coyotes to get them? Is that why you put them out at night? You know what? It's nature, Glenn. <laughs> I'm not going to mess with nature. You better lock up those uh, those new ones, though. They're pretty tiny. They'll be lunch for any, for a hawk. Heck, I think that one they they, they it like stepped on itself and died. They're so <laughs> small. <laughs> Chickens are funny. They just never. Oh, we had more trouble. You know, it's so funny because Jennifer. I think she misses having chickens more than anything else, and we're not allowed here, so we can't have them. But. Our neighbors all have chickens, and I think she misses having chickens more than any other animal, to be honest. Why can't you have chickens? The landlords don't know. They're too messy. They wouldn't be allowed. <laughs> it's too messy. No chickens. Mm. No chickens. I got one other thing to talk to you about. Okay. Then let me get <sighs> out of here. Okay, because this is, this is not a happy topic, but I got I to gotta bring it up, because I saw it this morning, and it was just uh. disturbing. This Andrew Cocker guy who was suspected of using a shock spur on his horse. What the hell oh. is a shock spur? First of all, who knew that that was a thing? Number one. Number two, you should be shot. He also has been accused of doing several other mean things for his horses. It's show jumper, by the way, if anybody's curious. He's the one in the video that was like literally whipping a tired horse through all the jumps. Yeah, and docked everyone over. Yeah. Yeah. So... And it shows something in his hand. Now, I thought it would just look like the end of a whip. But apparently, I thought, does every time... You touch the horse with the spurs that automatically shock them, or do you, you apparently have something in your hand? And how do you coordinate you all of and... that? <laughs> it's like... You know what? For less effort, you could train your horse. Exactly. Exactly. And then somebody said there are shock saddle pads in the Western world. How many ways do we find to cheat as human beings? How many ways do you want to die? I mean, if I use shock spurs on something, they would... <laughs> Try that on Zeus sometimes. See how that goes. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> use spurs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is wrong with people? What the bloody hell is wrong with people? Why the F would... Uh, I can go on this part. Why the fuck would anybody do that? Money. I mean, but it's money. How is that proven to work? This guy still is a shitty rider. He's, it's not going to make you any better. Shock saddle pads. I mean, I've seen the people with the buzzers in their hand, like shocking the horses. By the way, horses that are hit with electricity are the most terrified to try to rehabilitate. Monty and I've done a couple horses that have been shocked with electricity. And it is, you can't even crinkle a water bottle around them because they freak out from the noise. It's horrible. Who would do that? I don't know. Just discuss it. You know, 
you know, I, I, this morning I was talking to Lena on Facebook, and we were talking about the world. Lena and I have conversations like we have for the past 12 years about the world. And I said, you know, I'm just disappointed in the world right now in every way. And then when you see stuff like this, it just makes me more disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, ugh. I mean, I, I, the I thing just, is, that guy should be just never allowed to ride a horse again. Yeah, I guess and, they I have mean, to prove it. I mean, somebody's paying you. Somebody's buying horses from so you're somehow making money. Not that it matters, but where's he from? Do you know? I think he's in New England, isn't he? Uh trying to read what country he's from. US show jumper. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I yeah. thought it would have been Germany, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, that's very racist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Countryist of you. <laughs> no, Americans are shipbacks like that. That is the thing. Ugh. Only an American would be that stupid. Well, and on that, we're going to leave you on that positive note for the day. Uh, i got to go water my re- quail. Just leave me ridiculous. alone. <laughs> oh, one other thing. There's going to be some announcements coming out in the auditor room here shortly because Jamie and I have an anniversary coming up um, of sorts. Uh, we are going to be celebrating. We don't celebrate many milestones anymore because, you know, most people celebrate their 100th episode, you know, and we go through 100 episodes like it's nothing. So we did, I think, 1,000 and 2,000, and then I'm not even sure we did 3,000. Or, 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 we I haven't think, done 3,000. I'm not even sure we did 2,000, to be honest. So we're going to celebrate coming up 2,500 episodes because not many podcasts in the world have achieved that. Uh, so And that's going to happen in August sometime. So we're going to do a call-in show. We're going to ask you to call in or send in voicemails. We're going to do a, a kind of a listener appreciation episode because uh, we're proud of what we've done and we're happy to have you along and that you've supported us all this You know what we should do is we should take, a, like, you know how so many podcasts take a break and they do seasons? We should make our two twenty fifth 2500th episode on November 1st, which consequently is our 10-year anniversary. Ten bloody years of doing this show. What? <laughs> but again, I say a lot of podcasts have done ten years, not many twenty five hundred episodes. And you know, we're in the top five longest daily shows in the world. So, you and know, we that's... talk about one one thing. <laughs> I know crazy. that's the crazy part. It's not like we're talking about everything in the world, although we do that sometimes too. Uh, well, on that note, I'm going to go see where I can buy a shock spur and see how that goes with scooter. Um, that, <laughs> yeah, just that would go well. <laughs> yeah, that'd go well. He'd love that. <laughs> All right, see you, everybody. Okay, bye.